0: we tried to stay true to both our heritage as well as modernize what that heritage means um, for the evolving customer.
1: Welcome to Marketing Conversations with Lamp House Films, where we give you access to tips and insights from today's marketing thought leaders. Marketing is such a big part of today's world, and at Lamp House, we think that how we do it really matters. That's why we create the ads the way we do, and that's why we produce this show. Today, I'm talking to Dipdi Katru, the Chief Marketing Officer at JP Morgan, US Wealth Management. Make sure to click the link in the description to get more marketing content right in your inbox. When did you start working in marketing? It seems like you've had, you've had an interesting tenure.
0: Longer than I'd like to admit. Uh, but yeah, it's about a 20 year tenure now.
1: So, of all of the career paths, what drew you to marketing?
0: You know, I think it was the sort of confluence of sort of art and science and business together. Uh, so there was a there was an element of really understanding consumer behavior and psychology. There was an element of, you know, making an impact on sort of the business side of things and in, in the role marketing plays, And then just the creativity that sort of stem through it, right? This idea of building brands that like live forever uh, was sort of what hooked me in early in my career.
1: Yeah, I, I think I talk to marketers sometimes who don't, appreciate the art side of it. Or I talk to artists who work in the space who don't uh, like appreciate the marketing side. And I'm like, it is the fusion of both of them that makes this job so interesting.
0: It it is, and that's what I honestly, that's what I love about it, right? Because it's it's, it's multidimensional and you use different sides of your brain and there's sort Mm -hmm. of incredible creativity. And now even more so over the years, there's so much science to the decisioning that you make sort of upfront when you're building something or how you measure it or how you tweak it and optimize it. So yeah, so it's this sort of left brain, right brain magic coming together that actually is the fun part.
1: Yeah. How much, how much is that science? Like how how closely are you guys studying that? I know different businesses are sort of like a different range of like gut instinct for what we feel like is right. And Versus, like we're really, really by the book. I, I work with a lot of financial institutions. And it seems like they tend to be the latter.
0: You know, you, you're right. I think you see a lot more use of science, especially as you like, especially now in modern marketing. As you sort of think about scale, like science helps play a role in sort of validating some of the instincts you have. Sometimes measuring it on the other end. But yeah, there's there's a lot more science than mo- most people realize. Uh, you know, science and, and data analytics, machine learning to be able to guide to better, better decisions on on behalf of the client, so we can better serve them, make it more relevant. Uh it's it's incredible. I I love the science part as much as I love the art part and, and that's what makes it fun.
1: And the data is so fast now. That's the thing that I feel like is I'm sure, I mean, different even in the past two years, that is like, you just know what's working and what's not working instantly.
0: That's right. That's right. There's an immediacy sort of what data tells you. Also, if you think about it, right, like today, we as as JP Morgan Chase Bank with over 60 million customers and, you know, it's, it's what they're transacting on their card. It's what their behaviors are with their money. I mean, we have the benefit of having that data and that data to better serve them to make our products work better for them, to sort of meet them where they are in their journey. I mean, that's, I think that's what the power of data can do at scale for you.
1: Now, I feel like where data is maybe like less, um, less of a clear guide is with branding. And it's interesting that you mentioned branding is sort of like your thing. And so are there data points that you're analyzing to figure out those things as well?
0: There are, there are. So listen, I mean, I think branding has sort of the creativity associated with it, right? Which is deeply understanding how people think, what they feel, where the emotions fit in, and then making that connection, sort of capturing hearts and minds. But data comes in and how we track sort of the impact of brand, how people feel towards certain attributes of the brand. Are you moving the needle? Are you not? So I think data has an important role to play in helping you establishing a strong foundation and then sort of tracking how that foundation is doing over a period of time.
1: Hmm. One thing that I is interesting about your career path is is you you started at organizations like Pepsi, ESPN, Cadbury, and now you've worked in financial institutions for a little while. And one thing that we're thinking about as we're developing campaigns and and for ourselves is it sound, it seems like most of the marketing advice that is out there in the public is talking about how to sell something that costs. $3, $4, $5, and that you're transacting all the time. But now on this financial institution side, you're working in a space where, like where people are going to put their money, they they maybe make that decision and change that decision. I mean, you got the data, maybe two times, three times in a lifetime. Yeah. So how different is that selling cycle and how different is the way that you're approaching your communications?
0: yeah i think listen there's a couple of things there's there's the principles of marketing don't change right in in being able to understand the customer behavior in understanding the purchase cycle the journey and and yes in some cases there's an immediacy to the buying process and in some cases there's a you know i think in marketing language to sort of call it a longer consideration cycle versus a shorter consideration cycle and Mm, what that means and how you build marketing programs and it's the same, you know, I started my, my sort of marketing journey on the agency side, working on the brands you mentioned, which was fantastic. And, you know, I always joke that no marketer wakes up and says, I want to be in financial services. You want to go work on Pepsi and you want to go work on some of these cool brands. But, but having now lived this journey I mean I think the, the magic is there's so much sort of human emotion in the decisions people make with money right you when you think about what people deeply deeply care about and whats sort of their you know driver of existence is health and wealth and and so the wealth side of it and your relationship of, with money is important in the decisions you make so yeah we So, yes, I mean, there's the the principles of customer behavior and managing the journey and watching it and being able to sort of intercept it on behalf of the customer at the right time are all the same. Uh, What that looks like in financial services, especially wealth management, is very different. What makes people buy a checking account, right, or open a self-directed account or decide to give a large part of their wealth to a financial advisor, for a long period of time, as they think about retirement is all very different. And we build our marketing programs based on exactly sort of those journeys. Uh, Some require more patience and tenacity and being able to sort of build the brand, build consideration, and then show up in the hearts and the minds of the customers when they're ready to make a change or give them a reason to make a change.
1: So, where are you guys doing that primarily? Is that like is it through email campaigns, through TV, ad spend? Are you guys using social heavily at this point? Like where yeah, what where are your primary places?
0: All of the above, right, Josh. I mean, I think there you know the the days of a single minded channel and being able to achieve a marketing goal are gone. Uh, again, you know where science comes in is how you use the channels to sort of drive particular mm-hmm. actions. There's places where you require richer storytelling, right? When you're trying to sort of establish a connection with a customer, you know, video, which primarily would be broadcast back in the day now is addressable and online videos. So, so, so there's a role for video in the storytelling aspect of building sort of that bond and, and telling, bringing sort of the purpose of the brand through. But then there's, you know, there's more below the line Bottom funnel uh, activations, where you're driving a particular action. Where if you know the action is a digital account opening, then you're using digital as your way to sort of you know bring the customer into the journey. You know, for us, when we think about channels, it's not just sort of paid channels. You know, one of our big benefits is as as Chase, we have millions of customers who are operating into our own ecosystem. Uh, how we use that ecosystem to sort of guide them in the right direction of what the next best product might be for them or mm-hmm. how they can make better decisions with their money is sort of part of the part of the book of work that we do.
1: Yeah, so how much of your attention is spent in new customer acquisition versus getting the customers that are already in the ecosystem to different places in the ecosystem?
0: You know, it it really depends on the product, right? We, as JPMorgan Management, we offer a suite of products. In some cases, we know that the opportunity is with our own customer base, potentially customers who have a banking relationship with us or a, or a you know credit card relationship with us to sort of do a better job of helping them understand what we bring. Uh, to their lives when it thinks when you think about investing in wealth management. In other cases, it's it's folks who don't have a relationship with us on the banking or credit card side where we're talking to them outside instead of the you know the broader channels.
1: Are you guys developing separate creative for both of those both of those areas?
0: We are, right, to do it right in, in the world of sort of really singular personalization and, and really tackling exactly what drives uh, uh, action in the hearts and the minds of customers. We are in some cases, right, where we're using certain channels to, like I said, drive more broader based awareness. Uh, in some channels where we know the customer already sort of has a relationship with us, then it's a, it's a slightly different dialogue. So, yeah, there's, there's shared creative. In, in, in places that works and in some very specific channels, there's there's distinct creative because customers want to be acknowledged for how much we know about them, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's, not, that's now become uh, an expectation, not just from financial services, but anyone. You're, you're expecting, you know, whether you're you're shopping on Amazon or you're in the Chase system, what we hear customers tell us is, you know me, you know, tell me what, you know, short, make it easy for me. Give me a short list of things I should be doing rather than me having to dig that information
1: out. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people like to complain about, you know, companies knowing things about them. But then also when I get an ad for uh, like a service at a company that I'm already using, I'm also frustrated by that. I'm like, "You you should already know that I have Disney Plus. Like, why are you giving me this? Like, try to sell me a specific show or something. I don't know. Um, no, you, you
0: listen. You're right. You know, step one is to is to is to do what's right by the customer's choice of privacy. Right? Step one is to do that, which is. If we have the permission to be able to sort of serve the customer, we, we do it and we do it well. Uh, and if we don't, we sort of honor that. So step one is sort of to, to to respect the bounds of privacy that the customer has established and listen to that. I think the next step is you're right in that value chain. We are hearing more and more customers say, "You, you know me. I expect you to be more relevant," uh, and you you have to do that without being creepy.
1: <laughs> yeah, which I that's the that's the fine line. Because the I, I think I've always seen this as a benefit of like oh we have more information on customers we can sort of reach them in these new ways but um, the volume of creative that is necessary now is I mean it's humongous so how are you how, yeah how are you managing that pipeline of 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 all of these different, not only different platforms that expect to see different things, but different variations of how much you know about the customer.
0: It's an aggressive test and learn, right? And I will say, it's not like we've reached that end design state, we're learning our way through it. And you don't want to overcomplicate the customer journey either. And so I think it sort of steps into saying sort of broad relevancy messages, and then there's moments in time where we believe that we can, we can deliver additional value based on what we know about the customer. Uh, and and those, those are the moments where we're you know, sort of leaning in a little bit more to be more custom. The, the other place customization sort of comes into play is once you onboard a client, they're a client of yours now, they're expecting to be served with excellence, and serving our clients with excellence in that sort of customer journey. If you think about, you know, the role we play as both managers in educating our clients and making better decisions with their money, what, you know, the markets mean for them, what retirement planning should mean for them. The more we can make that re- relevant for the customer, sort of the the, the deeper the engagement and affinity with, with, with our relationship is. And, and that's the other place, you know, outside of pure acquisition where we bring personalization um, in the right way.
1: Do you guys see that, that your um, the success with your ads is increased with your increased customization toward the customers
0: for for sure right um, I think again, like you know as consumers ourselves, you know relevancy matters, um, it, it is a little bit of that final frontier and and again, like i said we 're not quite there yet. Uh, in, in in a way, you can you can say Amazon or Target is, but it's certainly the intent, and it and requires mm-hmm. an incredible architecture of data and other capabilities to be able to deliver that scale. So we're in the early days of being being able to establish that sense of relevancy, but but I think it it, it certainly shows up. The more relevant it is, the more we see performance increases. In marketing
1: so you guys made a pretty big decision a year ago when you when you created this uh, new brand is that how you would is that how you would refer to it
0: yeah i would i would say listen we're we're, we're uh, you know a, a branded house in that we have two master brands of chase and jp morgan and they both mean different things to the customers we serve mm-hmm. across sort of the continuum of the customer JP Morgan Wealth Management is a sub brand. It represents our business. And yeah, I think I, you know, I think you're sort of pointing to the, the decision to launch the JP Morgan Wealth Management brand, which was last year.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's something that a lot of people spend time thinking about, where you're trying to create a cohesive brand, but you're also trying to create custom experiences for for people. And so how I don't know how involved you were in the decision-making process or if you were just sort of given the job of like making it happen, but tell me a little bit about that. Like why, why break it out into its own thing rather than leaving it under the umbrella? How do you know when it's time to do that?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a good question, and and no, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to be sort of part of that journey in, in the decision making and what we did, and and for us there was a couple of things, right? Like there's a we have the benefit of two master brands in JPMorgan Chase, both with incredible strengths and in what they represent in the hearts and minds of customers. The work we are doing is to make sure that our customers also understand that we're more than a consumer bank, we're more than a credit card mm-hmm. shop, we're more than sort of an investment bank, and bringing through the orientation of wealth management to the name. Was important because you want to make it simple for people to understand what you offer and what you're buying, and so leaning into the equity of J.P. Morgan that represents sort of this deep expertise, and then the the clear description of what business we're in, which is wealth management, what was the driver of doing so. And in that we sort of collapsed a couple of sort of other sub brands that sort of existed or in the process of doing that for purely for some simplification uh, as well as sort of clarity, right? There's a, there's shared DNA that exists and this is sort of where you should make the decision of branded house or house of brands, which is, you know, is, are you, are you speaking to clients across a continuum of products that share sort of the same purpose? Uh, And Mm -hmm. if there is the same purpose, which in our case is to help our clients make the best of their money, then sort of having uh, a common brand with shared DNA matters and and helps reinforce that purpose. It's clarity and value proposition. It is efficient as a marketer and bringing it to market and investing in that brand and storytelling that you need to do to invest in it versus, you know, a Procter & Gamble where, you're operating in a vast set of categories with various segments and different drivers of choice where it it would be a disservice to to the branding process to expect one brand to represent everything and and that's where i think the the branded house starts to the the house of brands starts to make more sense
1: yeah that's a i feel like that's a really great example where yeah, the same. It's not necessarily the same customer, and they don't have the same expectations. But it's still, I mean, in your instance, it is the same customer, at least in theory. Um, they have, they have, I guess, a similar core purpose. But it is, you know, a subset of of customers who are interested in this. So, yeah how how did you guys how did you guys come to the decision to you know, not just call it another service under, under JP Morgan Chase, but to create its own identity. And are you, are you guys creating advertising and, and assets just, just over here that aren't really touching the rest of the, the rest of the brand?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a little bit of a waterfall, right? The, the, the brand, the sub brand of J.P. Morgan Wealth Management sort of is anchored to the master brand of J.P. Morgan. So it wasn't us waking up and saying, you know, we're going to start with a white you know, sheet of paper and sketch this out for ourselves. It was to understand what in the equity of the master brand we pull through specifically in the business and what we offer our clients, by the way, like start with the client and what does the client mean? And, and again, we're not talking about just one client segment. We serve a breadth of clients. We're in different places in their affluence, in different places in their journey of growth, and 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 you know, and, and and complexity of their needs. So the starting point was to understand sort of the DNA of the master brands and what we're pulling through as part of purpose and part of sort of just the you know the 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 identity, right? When you think about things, simple, simple things like logo and color and and, and, uh, and, and visual identity of brands. So pulling that in was, I think, the starting point. Then redimensionalizing it, right? You have to sort of look at it in, in internally. You've got to look at it from the point of the client, but you also have to look at it from the point of the competitive space. Mm. How does your brand show up in the category? You know, is it distinct enough? Is there clarity in who you are and who you, you know, what you bring to the market? So you sort of look at it in that context, and that's sort of when you start to build the the, the foundations of the brand. So it was, it was, it, it stems from the master brand, uh, and then sort of takes on a little bit of its own DNA to be able to represent the category that we're in, which is you know different than consumer banking, but deeply, deeply connected and integrated.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, and I, I'm, I'm sure you're benefiting. From- a a lot from the branding that they're doing. If they're, you know, running a campaign, even if it's not talking about your thing, I'm sure you're seeing spikes and all that. So, what were the priorities as you embarked? I mean, this was a huge job. How long were you working on this, by the way?
0: I would say about, you know, we've been been thinking about it for over a year year, and, and talking about sort of the strategic decisioning around sort of, is it one brand? Is it multiple brands? Is it, you know, we've sort of worked through that, but the actual work from start to finish was about a six to eight month window uh mm-hmm. from where we sort of kicked it off in earnest and we sort of built out sort of that that brand foot i would say like the 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 strategy the identity itself and then bringing it to market and you know the, the part of your earlier question i didn't answer is you know are we are we going to sort of have a campaign very specifically for wealth management the answer is yes uh, we're working on it right now, and we hope to have it in market in a couple of months. But but we'll certainly, again, in it, and it's in close sync with everything else we do uh, at J.P. Morgan & Chase. So the customer, again, we're very often we're talking to the same customer. We need to make sure and be very intentional about the connectivity our message has to everything else so it comes from the same place. Uh, but certainly sort of the, the part of your brain that we're wanting to sort of poke at a little bit when you think about – the the long term role of what your money needs to do and how you're going to grow it and how you're going to sort of fulfill some of those financial goals is a little different than some of the transactional yeah. decisions you're making today.
1: Yeah. So if you were talking to somebody else who's sort of at the beginning of this of of this process of 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 creating this brand that is related, what were some of the big um, things that you learned along the way, and what what would you say your your um, primary goals were going into this? What were some things that you were thinking, you know what, this will be successful if we're able to?
0: Yep, no, good question. Listen, there's, there's, there's a few principles that, that we always begin with, right? Which is what problem are you trying to solve? Like mm-hmm. having a very clear orientation to what problem you're trying to solve as a business. Is, is, is one very critical data point that feeds into sort of what the outcome is. And if you get that question wrong, you, you likely will, your answer, the other end will be wrong. The second one, which is I think the, the heart and soul of it is sort of who is the customer and what do they need, mm. right? Like you have, we spend, we spend more time than most can imagine in understanding sort of the customer insight, not just as a large base of 20, 30 million people, but as you start thinking about the segments, and, and the drivers of behavior and affinity and association that each of these segments have, like being able to mine that information gives you a rich starting point mm. of how do you start to build context around sort of what the brand needs to do. Uh, and like I said, the third is sort of really thinking about the category, which is what's the category done right and wrong? What's worked, what hasn't worked? Uh, you know, we see in, in wealth management, it's an incredibly cl- cliched category, like, you know, we, most organizations look the same. Um, and so in in doing the work and laying the foundation, we spent a lot of time thinking about what is authentic to us. You've got to be authentic, right? What solves the problem um, for the business? What represents the need of the customer? And then how do we make sure we can sort of bring this new brand into an ecosystem where it can stand on its own and feel a little distinct?
1: Yeah, are you guys cause I, I that I think is the other big trend in marketing. There's the, you know, the there's all of these um, you know, different places that we have to be thinking about and customization, but I think a lot of people get lost in that and sort of how interesting that is and forget that like, oh, you have to be speaking truthfully about who you are too. And I it's interesting that you say that because we I I I direct a lot of commercials for financial institutions. And there is this um Monotony that you see in the marketplace where they all sort of are doing the same thing. So, as you guys were doing this, how much were you thinking about like, we need to stay true to who we are, but we need to be different than everybody else?
0: A lot, a lot mm. more. You know, we spend a lot of hours just sort of even debating that amongst ourselves
1: mm.
0: because, you know, the, you know, and again, like, the being true to our DNA, right? We're, we're a 150 year old brand. If you think about J.P. Morgan with an incredible heritage mm. um, and, and we're operating in a place where we're, we're working with similar sort of, sort of you know, brand stewards. If you think about you know the Schwabs and the Fidelities who've been along mm. for the wrong ride for a really long time. Uh, and we're sort of talking to clients who are also interacting with the fintechs right which are sort of cooler newer you have a different brand identity and personality and there was a lot of sort of movement of do we you know do we want to seem more traditional do we want to be more sort of fintechy and you always have to sort of look back and say like who who are we and and can we mm-hmm. authentically you know who can we authentically be so so i think in in how we brought Brought the brand to life. We tried to stay true to both our heritage as well as modernize what that heritage means um, for the evolving customer.
1: Thanks for watching another episode of Marketing Conversations with Lamp House Films. I hope you learned as much as I did from this conversation. As you probably know, we reserve bonus content for our mailing list subscribers, so make sure to click the link in the description to join the list today.